All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Trades Talk. Maggie here with my co-host, Justin. And today's guest, we are so excited to have Chris Johnson from Azuga, a Bridgestone company, um, talk to us all about fleet telematics, a new term that Justin learns during today's <laughs> podcast. Um, not a GPS provider. That's not. That's only one feature of a fleet telematics company. We get the full rundown on everything they have to offer, but mainly from a safety perspective and how Azuga is working to make sure that companies all over the trades have their employees get home safe, protect the company's liability. Um, Justin, I know you use uh, Azuga as a partner. What were your takeaways from today's conversation? Yeah, today is going to be a little different. We go really deep into technology and how this fleet telematics system works. What are some of the features and benefits, of course, beyond GPS? And we actually, it was was interesting for me, I kept tying this back to the strategic partnership model and how you can actually grow your service business through these strategic partnership channels. Mm -hmm. So Chris has been a his background is all in sales and, and channel partnerships. And so we explore that concept quite a bit, which is really exciting. I think everyone's going to get some takeaways there. But the majority of the episode spent on safety, spent on fleet management. And we have these giant vehicles hurling down the road at, at ridiculous speeds. This fleet telematics system helps you just keep an eye on your fleet because we have so many trucks out there and it's hard to keep track of everything. So I think the takeaways were strategic partnerships, safety, and building a culture of safety in your company. Yeah. You, you use the word behavior, like, like creating the right behaviors multiple times in today's episode. And so if you're looking to learn anything about how to create the right behaviors at your company when it comes to operating these large pieces of equipment, whether they be vehicles or assets or, or whatnot, Azuga and Chris have a lot of insight on that. So let's dive in. Go for it. All right. And we're here with another episode of Trades Talk. We're here with Chris Johnson of Azuga, a Bridgestone company. Chris, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me. So Chris, before we jump into all these questions Maggie and I have for you, why don't you give the listeners a quick two to three minute overview of, of who you are and who Azuga is? Yes. Thank you so much. My name is Chris Johnson. I'm the director of sales for our partnership channel here at Azuga, a Bridgestone company. This is my 19th year in the fleet telematics software industry. And uh, I've had a lot of adventures, as you can imagine, over the past 20 years through the technological innovations that are so exciting to watch happen in real time in and around uh, GPS tracking and fleet management in general. That is so interesting to me that I just absolutely cannot picture doing anything else but to sell software technology solutions to help customers achieve meaningful results. Right. So that's the most important thing for us in a problem solving perspective. And that's really what I love to do. I've been with Azuga, a Bridgestone company for five years. Azuga was founded in 2012 and they really tried to turn GPS tracking from a whole gotcha, Mr. Driver, I caught you feeding or not working to, hey, great job. Right. Great job. Here's a reward for positive driving behavior. But we really tried to bring more of a culture of engagement from the drivers on a solution that ordinarily has been looked upon as a big brother type of experience, then expanded that beyond just location-based solutions to help more partners' operational efficiency and the way that they're dispatching jobs every day and the way they're managing the vehicle's maintenance. And then the most important thing is what Azuga is absolutely passionate about is improving the safety journey for any trade fleet that is a customer of ours. Bridgestone acquired Azuga two years ago. They just don't want to be a tire company anymore. And they're making some major investments in technology to facilitate what they're calling their sustainable mobility initiatives. So Bridgestone, as you know, one of the biggest tire companies in the world. And Azuga is now a big part of that strategy to invest in technology to help their fleet customers just be safer and more efficient with the whole Bridgestone offering that we now have to bring not only to our end customers, fantastic partners as well, like we have a great partnership with Aspire. That's who we are and that's who I am and that's what we do. And excited to talk to you today. Awesome. Thanks so much, Chris. I'm I'm so excited to have you. Obviously, we go way back and our partnerships between Aspire and 
and Azuga. But one of the main reasons I really wanted to have you on here is because of your extensive sales background as well. And I'm a sales professional myself, and you and I see each other at all these different shows. We were trying to gain clients together. And so why don't you give our listeners a little bit of background of who you were before that and kind of your sales, your your methodology and history on sales. Yeah, funny thing was when I first started my career in telecommunications, I pursued engineering. So I was actually one of those uh, guys who sat in uh, a switch and did like T1 connections or copper or a frame relay or all those boring telecom things that actually was the lifeblood of all of us communicating with people via telephony. But one day I'm doing my engineering thing and just the programming trunks in the switch. And some guy shows up in a nice suit and he has a Rolex watch on and he pulled up in a Benzie. And he happened to be the uh, director of sales for a company called British Telecom, which supplied for the company I worked for at the time, our telecom platform that we used to make phone calls. It was a trading floor. You know, those guys on the, you know, you see it on TV in the trading floor, you know, I guess the best movie at the Wolf of Wall Street. Like that kind of deal. So this guy rolls in and I was compelled to ask Mike in my early 20s at the time. And I'm like, what do you do and how much do you make? I just for some reason asked him that overtly, you know, about him and and what he makes. And after he answered me, I quit my job two weeks later and I actually went into sales and became a telecom salesperson for a competitive local exchange carrier somewhere in Long Island. That's what got me into sales. What I realized, though, was I think at prospecting, right? Meaning that I had a problem by, you know, reaching out to the customer and wanting to get them to a, an appointment with me. Now, I actually probably wasn't that bad, but I didn't have any confidence. But what <laughs> yeah. I did find was that once I got a customer on the line, I was really, one of my strengths, I guess, was to listen to their business problems and to align it with the solution that I represented at the time and find a meaningful path to want to move forward with us. Yeah. So I, I had a high closing ratio. So what's the best sales role you can have where you don't have to prospect as much and all your opportunities are meant to develop the relationship, develop the opportunity and help the end customer? Well, that's the partnership channel. So mm-hmm. that's what I went into. Channel sale is what I do today. So I have to sit around and convince the likes of Maggie to want to go <laughs> sell our product for us. And if I can get that partnership aligned in the way that we've absolutely done with Aspire and Service Titan, what you could see is playing to my strengths to develop a partnership and a relationship. And then coupling that with having some great people who can benefit from the joint uh, value proposition that we create together and then helping them work those opportunities and building a program for success. I was lucky to play to my strength and pursued a career in channel sales. And it's been a fun ride ever since. From like 2013 to 26, no, 2013 to 2018, I would say, I wasn't having a great run at it. I was making some bad decisions in regards to career choices, uh, chasing the money versus working with a strong partner. And I was suffering as a result. And I was at rock bottom, both professionally and personally and financially. But thank God that I was able to find Azuga at the time that I did because they were able to understand what my vision was for partner sale. They didn't even have a partner channel. They just were a direct sales organization. And five years ago, I came in and I said, you know what? I'm going to take a crack at doing this. So my former boss, who was my current boss, who was at Azuga, uh, I used to work with him back in the day. And he said, Chris, probably a six-month job. But you know what? Why don't you give it a shot anyway? Probably not going to work. I'm like, wow, what a great way to recruit like a new channel <laughs> sales guy. So confident. Yes. Right? Right? But here we are. Worked out. Later. And let's just say that our partnership channel at Azuga accounts for almost 30% of the entire company's revenue, but we could not do it without developing amazing partnerships like with you, Maggie, and then having some amazing customers who are enjoying our joint partnership and our joint solution like you and your company, Justin. So thank you both. It's so interesting because the partnership side of things is something that I've been newly exposed to as a sales professional just in the last two years. And it's crazy how much revenue can grow through partnerships. And partnerships is this loose term that gets thrown around like, oh, all of your your clients and all of the, the sales you make should be partners. Yes, but it's different when you have channel partners like Azuga and just the amount of 
opportunity out there when you work better together versus working separately is, I mean, Chris and I had a record year last year and we're not going to sugarcoat that. And it was, it was great. And there's a lot more people out there that we can help. So that I think the, the partnership, the channel partnerships avenue is definitely something anyone should explore with their business, regardless of what they're trying to sell. Amen to that. I absolutely yeah. agree with that. And it's a mix of indirect and direct yeah. models uh, have to be almost at, at this point of the world where cold calling is still passe and we're all looking to do SEO and inbounds, try to get leads. The only other way to do it is to expand into other companies that you might work with or are complementary to yours and then work together on the same thing that we did together, Maggie, is to create that uh, synergistic partnership where both companies can benefit from it. And then basically what we call it co-creating a mm -hmm. new product from two products. And for a, an old school reference, I don't know if you remember the, uh, the Super Friends and the Wonder Twins, where one was an animal and one was like water. But when they got together, they were like some amazing, you know, superhero that was able to defeat evil enemy on the other side. I really look at it like that, is that when you find that and it clicks, you know, you now have an amazing sales channel that you could pursue as another avenue to, uh, you know, for customer acquisition and revenue generation. So I love it. I, I'm a big fan. And I think everybody should definitely explore the opportunity like that. Well, I like the, I like the background and the idea of this channel sales and, and partnership side. And, and I'm looking from this from a contractor perspective, if you will, right? And how solutions such as Aspire and Azuga separately offer benefits to the business. But Chris, like you said, when you, when you combine them and you are able to leverage the data coming from Azuga the data into Aspire and you assimilate them together into one platform. You mentioned gamification in a way, right? Like positive encouragement and positive rewards for people who drive well and have good positive driving habits. And you can com combine that with, with labor variance and gross profit per percentage in Aspire and create this really awesome automated dashboard that has given you all the indications that your business needs, not just to be profitable, but to also stay safe. Because I think at the end of the day, every business owner, if you ask them what keeps them awake at night, you know, it could be a, a number of things. But one thing that I think is consistent for all construction-oriented businesses is a major safety accident, whether it's on the road or it's on the job site. And we have these giant vehicles, you know, 10,000-pound vehicles hurling down the road at, at hopefully 55 miles an hour. But we all know that sometimes it gets a little faster. And you're just crossing your fingers, nothing bad happens. The other thing that we've noticed is as a contractor, you're a target on the road. If there's an accident, it's immediately the contractor's fault because there's a logo on the truck. So having this backup dash cam or some other type of way to prove that, hey, no, we were actually going the right speed and, and this other vehicle was the one that created the incident. You know, this type of back-end data can not only help you improve your day-to-day -day operation, but help you potentially save a, a business changing lawsuit down the road. And, and I've heard some amazing stories from those, those types of situations. Yeah. And thank you for saying that in that a very eloquent way, because that is exactly the value proposition that I try to bring forth anytime I'm lucky enough to uh, be talking to an Aspire customer when we're helping position both products together and really what the combined forces of it can do. And that would make, that's what made Aspire so unique. When I'm talking to integrated partners, so say a field service management software company who obviously does what they do for job dispatching, work order management, billing, payroll, time card, inventory, all the great things that Aspire does plus way more, right? All that software company ever really asks for is just, oh, we want the GPS of the vehicle on our map in the dispatch board. We first started talking to Dan Blake, who's a CTO of Aspire and, you know, hearing his vision for having an integration with Azuga, who was a safety-oriented fleet telematics software company that happened to do GPS, that happened to have cameras, that happened to do all the bells and whistles that our competitors do, right? But when Dan mapped out the integration, this was the first time a field service management software company was asking us to consume the data from a safety perspective to live embedded and native to the field service management platform. The way that Aspire brings in the driver scorecard the way that Aspire brings in the uh, actual hard braking, sudden acceleration, feeding, the alerts that we want to be able to monitor uh, for a driver in the field so we can help coach them to not do those negative driver behaviors, right? And the fact that then 
They also asked to in the video that you mentioned, that video, not necessarily of the accident, but of those negative, dri negative driver habits like eating, drinking, smoking, sleeping, texting, and driving, that we have the ability to capture that behavior in real time and then send that to somebody who would need to know that's happening right now while that technician's on the way to a job. So you can actually make it actionable in real time versus running a report later at the end of the week to see if anybody just happened to be you know, infringing on driver policy. So that synergy with Aspire being so safety focused as well as operationally focused was so refreshing. And then when we built that integration together, it is a best-in-class solution that really only Aspire has in regards to what's on the market today with anyone, of, anyone who's listening today and your choice from you know, the ability to choose a field service management software and a telematics platform. Like This, to me, was probably why, Maggie, you and me have been so successful in this channel and with this joint product offering was because of the vision that you guys had to include safety into the platform. So we can, without a doubt, give away to a fleet owner to reduce the frequency and cost of claims and accidents, mm -hmm. which is really what we're trying to do, which is what our technology absolutely does. And don't take it from the sales guy, insurance companies who we have partnerships with telling us how much it reduces accidents anywhere between 30 to 50%. And the last point I'll leave you with, Justin, is last year, Azuga did a third-party analysis of what we felt the impact we had in the field service fleets from a safety perspective. And from all of our data that we were able to capture, we minimally prevented 12,000 accidents. Now, those are accidents that never happened. And I'm never able to, you can't prove the ROI on something that never occurred. But when the fact that 0.71 of all accidents in America involve a fatality, 0.71%, and you take that to 12,000, I think together yeah. we've saved lives. Like 100 yeah. people minimally this year will be alive because of the technology that we're trying to introduce to the trades into the yeah. landscape vertical specifically. And between Maggie and her sales team and myself and our product team, I think we should be very proud to know that we think we've made that impact on society and on mm -hmm. a driver who got home safe that day. The moment they tried to text and drive, camera beeped at them and reminded them to put the phone down. That's yeah. it. It's a lot of things. So all of that is so important. And when I was working for the previous landscape company that I was working at, we had an accident and it was scary. And it, it came back to the fact that the trailer was loaded wrong. They put mulch in the wrong area of the trailer and they fishtailed on the highway and spun out. And everyone was safe. Thank goodness in that situation, everyone was safe. But it came down to such a specific thing that we, we were able to capture. And they had GPS, they had you know cameras and everything like that that they were able to identify and by using these safe technologies, they were they were they were able to save lives. So I think that and they learned they created the training out of it. They understood like, okay, this is exactly what happened. Here's how the mulch was loaded, all of that. And that's just one example I have from from my time, Justin. I'm sure you have because ultimately, like yeah. you have the most experience here with all this. What is their takeaway? Let's just go back and relate this to our everyday world. And you know, I, I'll be the first to admit it's hard to not drive distracted. The phone's always there. It's always ringing. You always get things. The, the Apple CarPlay is great. It speaks your, your text messages out. But, you know, inevitably you hit a red light and all of a sudden you grab your phone to throw a text message out. It just, it happens. Everyone does it, I think, at some point. The nice thing when you think about this is, is if you owned a business and you had 10, 15, like a 65 trucks on the road, you want to know that those drivers, when they're operating your professional commercial registered vehicles, are not doing that. And these cameras, this AI technology that that Chris, you know, you alluded to that beeps at them when they text, that's exactly what you want as a business owner. And and we're all probably hopefully thinking of this and saying, man, I could probably use that in my vehicle. <laughs> I could probably use that in my truck. Yeah. Because how often do we end up texting and driving or doing something stupid or looking at directions? And if you had a little beeper, that would be kind of nice. So I think as we look at this and think about this, it's common sense stuff that we should probably all be looking and, and potentially in the future is going to be integrated with our with our vehicles. Who knows? But I know from a business stand standpoint, you want to put a professional look on the road. And when your employees are at a stoplight, you want them to have two hands on the wheel looking forward to where they're going. You don't want them texting because people see them. 
obviously accidents can happen, but it just gives that next level of professionalism while increasing safety for your team. And for us, that's huge. So, you know, one of the things that we've talked a lot about on this podcast is 24 is a year where the, where the shift is happening in the landscape and other trades industries. The phone is not ringing as much. Sales are not as easy to come by. And you're going to have to get out and get more sales. So I'd love to explore this concept with you guys. And hopefully it's going to be a takeaway for our listeners of this partnership model. Now, if you're a, a landscaper, maybe you're looking, you should be at least looking to electricians and plumbers and tree service operators, janitorial service companies to partner with. How can you help each other? How can you create a partnership where you both win when a customer needs help? And if you're a landscape company, you have a janitorial service that you can recommend when the client's having issues interior. And if you're a janitorial service company, maybe there's a, a landscape company you can refer and be the, be the hero when they're having trouble with their landscape. What do you guys think about that from a trades perspective, a contractor's perspective of going out, identifying strategic partners in your market that are non-competitors, but can add value to your referral network? How, how powerful could that be for contractors? Yeah, that's a great, great point. And that's, I think, what we alluded to earlier about what I do for a living, which is uh, creating these partnerships that benefit both partners and they can monetize it, they can get business and they can both jointly help their customers with uh, having more services to offer or refer, right? Than just your own primary looking it through the lens of, I'm a landscaper, I want your commercial contract, you know, that's it, you know, done. Didn't think of once I got that contract, who services that property, right? Who does the, to your point, the, the, electric, the electricity, who does the plumbing, what other folks out there, your, your suppliers who also have customers out there, right? I mean, they're just so, the suppliers definitely from that top down. From what we do from a partnership perspective is at Azuga, we find complementary providers to fleet management. And in our world, just to give you an example of the way that we thought, fuel card companies that having integration with the fuel card, that makes sense because fuel card companies are always going to have fleets that need help from a telematics perspective. And then you have obviously field service management companies and Aspire being a primary partner of ours and a great example of how great that partnership works. And then we also look to and expand within our partner channel maintenance software solutions that mm. primarily just do fleet maintenance. So that's a great partner for us as well. Then we look for insurance companies. We're actually the number one insurance telematics program provider in the country for telematics for major insurers. And does yeah. that help with people's insurance rate? Is there a way to yeah. actually save on insurance? Yeah, it actually can. Now, it's all different. Okay. It depends on your agent or your broker or your carrier or whether you're self-insured or you're in a captive. There's so many different nuances to that. But 100%, you're putting yourself in a position to save on your insurance premiums at minimum because once you put this technology in, your loss runs, which is what your insurance company is looking at, uh, how much premium are you paying versus how much claims you're to put in. And if you took more claims out, they got to charge you more next year. That's the game, right? So again, that, that's the partner ecosystem that I live in. And I also identify wireless carriers as a potential channel as well. Fleet leasing companies, that makes a lot of sense, right? You know, fleet leasing yeah. companies, they need maintenance solutions. They need telematic solutions. So that's what we've done. And it first starts, Justin, uh, potentially as an affinity relationship. And what's that? Can you explain that for us? Yeah. Affinity relationship means you're not monetizing the relationship yet. It's almost like a okay. lead sharing thing. So you're identifying partners in your ecosystem who are complementary and not competitive that you could talk to them about what you do and when they're doing what they do for a living and they're talking to a customer and, oh, I know a guy, I know a company, I know a gal, right? Yeah. I know a yeah. service, right? And the same thing that you as a landscaper will be able to also offer when you're on site talking to the property manager, the business owner, the commercial, the residential, whomever it is, right? And you have to have the conversations, right? Without that, you know, you don't ask, hey, by the way, who's doing that for you? Oh, by the way, who's doing that for you? And you want the other party to do the same. So that affinity relationship is more of a co-branding, co-marketing thing where you can live on my website, I'll live on your website. We're saying we're partners together, right? And we can get that additional air cover and that additional credibility from each other. That's the first step, right? 
But the second step is to come to a commercial relationship with another partner out there. Because as we all know in sales, compensation drives behavior. So the fact that you have a, a, a complimentary partner out there who you could pay a referral fee to, right? Monetize that lead that they gave you and if it closes, there has to be some remuneration because then they're going to be like, wow, this is an additional revenue stream for me. And all I did was introduce you to my customer. I trust you to talk to my customer, you know, go and talk to my customer and they'll sell your solution. That's the second part of it that I would definitely recommend. Start with trying to find those complimentary partners that are out there for you in your industry. Make relationships with them. Relationships with them. Don't be shy. Lead with, hey, listen, I think I might be able to help you. Don't be saying, hey, you have any leads for me. You know, this is very complimentary. You do X, I do Y. Let me know more about you. So when I'm talking to my customers, I could refer your business out. And then there, you know, this is human nature. Everyone's going to always want to reciprocate for you, especially if you're doing something to that level and bringing them business and recommending them and throwing their good name out there, right? And you're, you're going to see a comeback in spades. That's our yeah. second strategy, Justin, that we employ is first find a complimentary partner and then secondly, figure out a way that they could benefit from this from a commercial perspective and then everybody wins. I like that. And, and Chris, you have great experience in this channel partnership. So I like, I like this perspective because it's not a perspective we talk much about in the service industry. This idea of, of partnering with other non-competing brands. However, I think it's a sales channel that's worth exploring. And I, I, you know, you guys, as a, as a software company, you have the ability to go beyond borders and beyond states. You don't have this geographic where your guys or girls have to be on site delivering the service. But then again, being local, being in a geographic area that you can dominate and you can own, you can go and find the, the, the best you know, architect in the area. And I'm not saying landscape architect, go find the best building architect and start adding, and, and what I'm getting from you, start adding value to them first. Maybe bring them clients if you possibly can. And eventually you get to the point where there's some type of commercial grade partnership and you both are benefiting financially from that relationship. You know, Maggie, what's, what are your thoughts on, on this idea of trying to take, obviously what Aspire and Azuga have created and assimilate that and create that in the, in the service industry? Yeah, I, the first thing that came to my mind was interior designers when you were just talking about like your network within yeah. your 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 area because we can't do that. So we kind of we have to do this whole virtual partnership set of things. But if you're not involved in your local community, take that step right away. <laughs> um, I know Justin, you are heavily involved in yours, but if you are a local company, definitely do that. But the reason I'm saying things like interior designers and you know a little bit out of the box is because they get constantly asked for referrals to do other things. When I was, I ran a floral design company. I was doing weddings for a little while and people would always ask me, or who's a good caterer? Like I had nothing to do with catering, but I was still touching the wedding. So they were asking me, who else do you what, like work with? Who's the best baker? Who has the best, you know, who makes the best cakes or cupcakes? And so it's just this idea of like, okay, you might not be influencing or having anything to do with the catering, but I constantly see these caterers and some of them are easier to work with than others. So it's that same mentality, like landscape or uh, interior designers. If you if you value having a beautiful interior of your home, you probably value having a beautiful exterior of your home. And also you're willing to pay for services. So that's just another example of it. Quick story on that too, I just want to say, which is, you know, I think this idea, people tend to stay so close and so focused on their industry. But one example for us is in 2018, we moved from a national bank to a local bank. And when 2020 happened and and PPP loans and everything went through, the local bank took such great care of us. I mean, I had the local banker meeting with me on Zoom and going through this process and helping us, like walking through the process where my other friends that own businesses were struggling. And so I started referring them to this local bank, Santa Cruz County Bank. And I say, you guys got to go talk to Brent over at Santa Cruz County Bank. They just take care of you. They'll go through things. They understand your story, not just your numbers. And as more people went over to this bank and then they came back, Justin, that was the best thing I ever did for my business. Our line of credit is double now. We got the PPP loan. Things are going so much smoother. They now, to Chris's point, I've added value to their business unintentionally. And not just my friend's business, but the bank is happy. They have a new customer. And now I have two people who are looking to reciprocate 
And, and so it's like when you can be the good guy and you can give that referral out, it comes back in spades, like, like two to one, three to one ratio. So that's just a funny story about a bank that you would never imagine. But these strategic partnerships are all over. 100%. And Justin, I have a feeling now that your banker is probably asking all their businesses that come in, oh, what do you use for landscaping? Yep. Right? <laughs> and I bet you that's happening. Now, hopefully you've gotten some business as a result. So yeah, great story. Perfect encapsulation, Justin, of what we were talking about from a personal perspective with your own business and you know this spirit of partnership, relationship building, identifying your ecosystem partners in your local area, and then reaching out to them and don't be shy. And then saying there is some value for us in talking to each other, but let me first help you out. Right. And it's almost a kind of the, Aspire is also very in tune to creating these ancillary complementary relationships, even with their own portfolio. Uh, I know, uh, Maggie, yeah, I just talked to Michael and you just released your new marketplace. Yep. And the marketplace is an amazing place for anybody from a Aspire perspective to be able to take advantage of complementary offerings that are supported and potentially yeah. even integrated by Aspire. Your payroll, for your so collections, yeah. obviously, you know, going down the list here, looking at it from, a, you have a fleet leasing partner now. Right, which is very complementary to the to the landscaping vertical because everyone has problems like procuring a oh, yeah. a vehicle on occasion. So having somebody to be able to you know be there for you and help you manage the fleet is is a great box to check. And the and so you guys are the epitome of building out those complementary partnerships, and you receive business as a result, and so have your partners. And who wins? All of your clients and everybody listening here today on the line. So again, yeah, I think that's important. I want to touch on that really quick. Sorry to interrupt you, but. I think one of the things that our clients value with us the most, and I've talked to Justin about this before, is that we are we we take our integrity of who we are as a company to heart, and we really want to do what's best by our clients. And Mark Tipton, our owner, has said since the day I started, since the day he started Aspire, if you're looking to make a decision, ask yourself, is it doing right by the client? And if the answer is yes, then you have your answer. If it's no, then you don't, don't, don't go down that path. And so since we are a company that's built on those fundamentals, our clients trust our judgment when it comes to partners and that we're only going to partner them with the best of the best. And there have been some in the past where we've made mistakes and probably not chosen the best partner and, and had to part ways or, or figure that out, how, how that happens. But ultimately, when we put someone out there as saying that they're a, a partner of a, a spire, that they're 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 in that spot for a reason. And I, I kind of want to, this to lead into my next question for you because one thing that our listeners face, regardless of what trades, what sector of the trades they're in, GPS is this coin term. I like the Ozigo is just a GPS provider. And there's a lot of different GPS providers out there. And I know Chris and you and I have talked about this in in, in length. Tell me a little bit more about what Azuga offers and how it dif- how you guys differentiate yourselves from the people out there who are just GPS providers. Yeah, thank you. So the biggest differentiator that we take with could be considered a commodity, right? Now we have a lot of competitors out there, and I'll name them uh, just so as a base of reference. Uh, you probably have either gotten a phone call or and hopefully enjoyed some of the services from the likes of Verizon Connect or Samsara or Geotab, or a number of other uh, fleet telemass providers that are out there. One thing I do, Maggie, is I don't use the word GPS tracking when I'm talking to a customer about what we do. That just is a, a product feature benefit of the overall strategy to help a business owner's fleet be much more compliant, much more maintained, yeah, as operationally efficient as possible. And again, our biggest differentiator versus just saying a GPS tracking device, yeah, that safety journey, even mm-hmm. without a camera, even without a camera, those devices have the ability to score and stack ranky drivers. You can identify the bottom 20% based on the fact that they're beating or idling too long or hard braking, which is an indication of distracted driving, by the way, or uh, hard cornering, which is held on the you know suspension of the vehicle. And of course, the uh, sudden acceleration, which does nothing for anybody gunning it at the stoplight or the you know the street sign. It's just like, there's yeah. no reason to drive the vehicles like that. And a lot of times, it's not your vehicle, so it's like, ah, you know, let's have some fun. You know, let's just drive it around. But we want to monitor that, and we want to give 
the ability for the fleet owner not only to have all the great benefits of what a GPS tracking system can do, but we want to give them a tool that their drivers in their hand on a mobile application will be able to see their own driver score. Sound familiar? Aaron Rodgers kind of made it famous because he didn't want to mess up his discount, right? So that technology is now able to be leveraged commercially, but not just using the smartphone to measure all that. Like we do, like I have Geico and I downloaded the app and I should not have because my son, my 18-year-old son's driving it and he's destroying the family's driver's store because he's 18 and he's still <laughs> learning his ways of the world, right? Uh, but the bottom line is to, it, to identify that bottom 20%. So you could coach them and not only have the ability to see your 20%, which by the way, will be the next accident. It's an actuarial table insurance thing. They have an umpteenth more possibility of getting into an accident than somebody who's in the 90th percentile and have a score of 90 or 80 or 70. But you want to reward those people too. As I alluded earlier, when we first started the company, we wanted to be not the gotcha, but a great job company built inherently into the program that we provide is a rewards program. And it's self-funded by the business owner. Just put in your credit card, put a couple of hundred bucks in the rewards program. Every week, find your top driver, right? And then send them an electronic gift card on one of the vendors that we have on the, on the portal, whether it's Amazon or uh, we like Dunkin' Donuts around here in the Northeast or Best Buy or Walmart or any of the other vendors that we have there. And now you're building a culture of driver safety and rewards. And that gamification, Justin, that you mentioned where each driver will not only have their score, but they'll be able to see the scores versus the other drivers. So they'll know they're at the bottom of the totem pole. And when they get back to the office later, they might get ribbed a little bit. Hey, Steve, what are you doing out there? You're 46 score. You're hard breaking all over the place. Why are you speeding? Come on, you're killing us. And oh, that, that makes it fun. It also incentivizes Steve to drive better which in turn drives up the driver scores, which in turn reduces the risk of the fleet, which in turn makes a measurable impact on the frequency and cost of claims. And it has to start there. What we really try to consult with our clients about from a safety perspective, the rest of the operational efficiency gains, they'll come along for the ride. You have to bring that in as your primary goal from a fleet management perspective. And that's really how we try to make our biggest differentiator out in the market today. Thank you so much for sharing that. It makes so much sense. And I think it's really important for people to to hear because while I know you're not just a GPS provider um, and you hate to use that, it's like me saying, oh, we've, we're a scheduling tool. We're Aspire is far yeah. more than a scheduling tool. I, I think it's important for you can, to continue to get that message out there. And I wanted our listeners to hear it. Appreciate that. Yeah. What stands out for me is is the behaviors is what we're training. And you can put all the systems and policies in place, but if your culture is rooted around the wrong behaviors, it's going to be really hard to scale and change those behaviors. Because let's face it, most people who are driving your vehicles are either crew leaders or some type of manager. And those individuals are creating the culture of the company. They are determining the direction of the culture if you're growing. And so if you can create strong safety behaviors, in a vehicle, I know this is maybe a, a long shot of connecting these, but I believe like good drivers who show up and drive professionally and have good driving behaviors and score high will probably also lead to being good leaders, good managers, and work with your clients in a more professional manner. I don't think there's a long shot to say those two are too related. What do you think, Chris? I, I absolutely agree. I love that. You know, for them to be able to lead by example, right? And yep. Show that you're, you probably have a policy, a driver policy, operating your commercial vehicles, knowing full well you didn't hire drivers. You hired crew members and managers who happen to have to drive as the function to their business. So yeah. everybody forgets that. These aren't professional drivers. So it's madness, if you think about it, to just hope that whatever they learned in driver's ed when they were a teenager, <laughs> right? And just having some road experience is going to be enough to have the ability to get them to a point from a driving perspective to understand their negative behaviors because I know it's a cliche, but you can't manage what you can't measure. Totally. So we talk the about that all the time. Yeah. You have to be able to measure 
the the vehicle's maintenance. So you could treat that vehicle nice and know when it's time for a tire rotation or oil change. And obviously Bridgestone now being Bridgestone is giving us these amazing new tire related algorithms to then help identify your entire fleet on the slow leaks, the high pressure, the low pressure on our new dashboard. Sorry, shameless wow. plug. But we now have a new dashboard, which we hope that you, Justin, yeah. we're going to be unlocking for you a new BI tool, data visualization. Awesome. Because how Super much tool. tires are, you never think about it, are related to safety. Because you got, yeah. you're driving down the road and you got a heavy truck. You got stuff in the back. You're on the road. Now, suddenly someone stops in front of you, right? You slam the brakes. If you have a tire that's underinflated, it's not going to stop in time. If you have a tire that's overinflated, it's going to pop, mm-hmm. right? The fact that we now have the ability to measure that from a maintenance perspective and then spin that to the safety journey that we always talk about, that to me is huge. And that's just another example of having your managers leading by example and not only driving better and being cognizant of their driving habits but also maintaining your vehicles properly, not ignoring the check engine light or the tire pressure light, because we'll be able to send that to you, Mr. Business Owner, Justin, and your ops team and your maintenance folks. So they'll know because you don't always get that reliable information from the field. Because it's not my car. I don't care if the tire pressure is low. It's annoying. I have a job to do. you know. But meanwhile, that is going to cost you fuel. It's going to cost you on the tire getting you know run out quicker on the treads. It's a giant ripple effect. And the other thing too with this is we focus so much on landscape and that's our, like, we need to landscape better. We need to be on the job quicker and and do this more efficiently. But when you think about most maintenance crews, I would say on average, we're driving two to three hours a day. So, you know, 20 to 25% of the day we are in these vehicles, yet we spend a fraction of a percentage of time on how we are driving and how safe and how well we are driving. I mean, right, Maggie? Like, Yeah, don't even get me... Yeah, started yeah. on the asset side of things. So I, okay. I've gone down the asset rabbit hole. Chris and I have gone down the, the asset tracking rabbit hole together. And it we talk about measuring employees and their driver scores. How about the employee who is costing you hundreds and hundreds of dollars because they're being rough on equipment? Like, are, have you, are you tracking that? Like how much is right in this fire? You can see what what equipment has needed more and more repairs. What's the cost of those repairs? Okay, what employee is assigned to that piece of equipment? Are they they costing you money because they're being too rough on it? Same thing, like, oh, maybe we're not going to buy that type of piece of equipment anymore or those trucks anymore because they're not doing as well as other trucks. So there's a whole different side of this we can go down, which is the asset side, and look at measuring employees and the cost of the business. Yeah, we just I just keep going back to behaviors. You know, how you do how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so when we have these solid behaviors that we can reinforce and reward to Chris, your point, those type of behaviors will, will eventually permeate throughout the company. And when you have people who are focused on safe driving, winning those scores and, and improving the way we drive and, and the safety of our company, I think it just goes to everything else we do. And you're going to just have a better company for that. And, and the small business owner who doesn't have a mechanic, doesn't have an ops manager, doesn't have a fleet manager, it sounds like this new dashboard is going to be exactly what we need to do that once a week, quick look. I'm going to spend a half an hour and I'm going to look through my fleet and all the data, what I need. And then I'm going to make sure to take the actions that are needed to keep my fleet safe. My guys. Absolutely. That's the point. A data visualization. That's what our whole point. And uh, go back to Maggie and, uh, from a differentiation perspective. We know there's business that are being run. We know you're not logging into the GPS portal all the time. That's why we wanted to integrate into Aspire so some of our data can live there because that's where they're living from an operational perspective, right? To be able to do job dispatching and work order management and all the great things. So we know that the more we could deliver from a data perspective to help you manage by exception, that's the way we want to set this whole thing up. We want to send you a report on the anomalies right? We want to send you the alerts that you only need to want to see from either driver behavior, a violation, or a maintenance-related situation that's going on with the vehicle, and then give you these KPIs as a business owner, Justin, so you can identify trends and then be able to see if your management of the fleet using a telematic solution is helping your company actually become safer. And you can measure that with the driver scores uh, to become uh, much more maintained. You can measure that with your DTC diagnostic trouble codes, the check engine light, and the, and the, the uh, hopefully the reduction of uh, issues with the tires, and then 
you can measure that, you know, from an operational perspective, from a, with Maggie's point, with a utilization of assets. And the possibilities are endless. And to be able to set that up and send you that is either a weekly or daily or monthly report and to give you a dashboard that you can use to run your business. That's what we're really trying to accomplish here between our joint partnership at Azuga and Aspire. Yeah. And that's such a great encapsulation of what you guys are doing for people out there who don't have any type of, I don't want to call it a GPS solution. So oh, what yeah. do you, how can so, I say this in a, in a good phrase? Yeah, absolutely. So we're actually a, a fleet IoT, Internet of Things, okay. right? Or fleet telematics, which is basically <laughs> capturing data off of a machine and then making it more like actionable, like sending it somewhere like, you know, remotely in the cloud, wirelessly, whatever. So, you know, you know, telemetry, like, like the yeah. space station and all that stuff, right? That's what yeah. telematics is. It's just specific to fleets. We're capturing data on a vehicle, right? Yep. Whether the vehicle related information or the driver's related information or location information. And then we're sending that into the cloud through our software platforms. And that really is defines what we do. And that's a great word to describe it. Perfect. Well, I like that. And, and I think for people who don't have a fleet telematic solution today, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you're going to have your next accident. And it's this data, I think, is not only going to help prevent those accidents, but when the accidents happen, like I said earlier, having a dash cam or having some kind of data point, even if it's just how fast your vehicle was going, if you can prove your vehicle was at a complete stop at the minute or the second that crash happened, the difference of a win or loss in a lawsuit is, is night and day. And I've been in some of these. They, the judge always sides with the non-commercial person. So if you're a commercial company and you're in an accident and there's just a regular old civilian there, you're probably going to lose unless you have some kind of data to back you up. So whether you have one truck or a hundred trucks, I think it's important to have some kind of fleet telematic system. And this episode was a great sales pitch for technology in general, embracing technology. And finally, I'll, I'll be the one to say it instead of you guys, having technology that talk to each other. Because our tech stack used to have this thing and that and this and this, and none of it talked to each other. And now that we have this great you know, unification system, which is Aspire, we have Zuga, we have Anova, we have these other systematic platforms that are all feeding into one place that give us data in the right place. Because we have data and we have so much data and, and centralizing that and giving us just what we need, I think is really important. So this episode, I was glad that we dove into this and we uncovered the way it works and, and some of the positives that it could bring to your company. We talk trade secrets here and, and we always like to uh, give a little insight into what your career has, has led you to learn and to experience. And so if you have something you want to share with the group, we'd love to hear your trade secret on today's show, what's something that, that you've learned through experience, the, the Chris book and, and something you'd like to share. For me, and a lot of it had to do with what I do now in consulting with fleets and have them understand how to use this technology and get their buy-in from their drivers and their employees. It's transparency. Transparency is paramount to be successful with any initiative that you as a business owner are looking to send you know, down to your business to make it either more profitable or more operationally efficient or safer or more compliant or whatever you're looking to do. In regards to what I do for a living, okay, we'll use the word GPS tracking, privacy infringement. You're going to know where I am all the time. You put a camera in the vehicle and now you could stare at me. The fact, the most successful deployments of our technology for fleets was when the business owner actually had, was transparent with the drivers about what this technology actually does. What can I see? What can I not see? What can I measure? What can I not measure? And to be able to consult with the drivers to say, hey, listen, you know, in the end, we're trying to keep our costs down. Insurance is killing us because the premiums keep on going higher. We need your help. We need your buy-in. What is your opinion on this solution that we're bringing in? And then showing them the solution before you just roll it out you know, on a Saturday. And they, <laughs> oh, by the way, there's a tracker in there. Because when they understand that they're not scared of it because you were transparent mm -hmm. with them. And they're not only going to see that this isn't as scary as you thought, because wait a minute, the video isn't recording me unless I didn't correct my action within three seconds. So I could be texting and driving. 
And then the camera will beep at me and tell me to stop. And I can put the phone down and no one's going to know. So, oh, wow, I didn't know that. I thought you guys aspire on, on me 24-7, right? So that transparency gets the drivers buying in. And then they realize what? In the end, what are we really trying to do? We want you to get home to your family tonight. That's it, right? The rest of these business things, these KPIs, these profitability, another job you could do a day, more efficient fleet, they'll come. They will come. But start there. Be transparent with the employees. And you'll be surprised on how receptive they would be to such a scary technology because they know in the end you have their best interest at heart. People need to understand how their piece of the puzzle fits into the bigger picture. And without having the transparency and without communicating all the little pieces of why the business is making the decision the business is making, they can't get, they can't get full buy-in. They won't give it to you. And I always go back to make it easy for me to promote you. And you may see this as spying, but the people who truly don't care or don't like to understand, like our goal is to keep you safe and our goal is to protect the business, right? I, I run a business. I'm, I need to protect the business, but I also need to protect you. The people who get it, get it. People who don't, don't. And honestly, the people who don't, you probably don't want in your business anyway. But at the end of the day, the people who get it are the ones who get promoted and who who are, go on to succeed at the company and help you grow. And to Chris's point, being transparent is going to help you in this process because the, the folks that get it are going to help you get to that next step and bring them into the conversation. I couldn't agree with that that secret more. Transparency in all in all shapes and sizes is important. I always say if you don't share the profitability of your company, your employees will fill in the gaps. And they always will think your gross profit is your net profit. So transparency in all areas of life, I think, is important. So I appreciate that, Chris. And and great podcast, by the way. Thanks for all that information. I'm glad we took a bit of a turn here today and talked about technology. And I learned some new fancy words like fleet telematics. (laughs) You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for doing this and uh, getting this message out. I think that's obviously very important to understand how technology truly it does help affect a business on multiple levels, you know, just mm-hmm. beyond profitability. And I think safety was the biggest takeaway. I hope everybody got from this conversation today. And I want to thank you both for your partnership. Yes. Thank uh, you, Chris. And Bridgestone is uh, forever grateful for uh, you, know, you having the faith to move forward with us. And hopefully we've made some measurable business impacts, positive way for you both as well. And as well as for anyone else who is either a client of ours today or a prospective client, would love to talk more about expanding on some of the ideas that we shared on this podcast today. So Thank you so much, Maggie. And thank you, Justin.